0: Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC replay. I'm Noel.
1: I'm Corey, um, and I guess before we should get started, uh, congratulations to uh, Chris and Marielle who got married this past weekend. Um, they got so
0: hitched on Saturday.
1: They got hitched on Saturday. Uh, horrible timing during the prospect tournament. So that's I know. that's pretty it messed all of us up. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty messed up. But uh, no, we're we the wedding was very nice. Uh, it was very. I, I hate to use the word intimate. Uh, uh, but like, that's the, that's the word that you would use, um, to describe something like that. It was very sweet, very nice. Um, and we all had a good time, uh, other than me having to drive back to Indy afterwards for five hours. Yeah. So what
0: time did you get back home?
1: Uh, not as late as I was used to. Um, I think I got home like 1250 maybe.
0: Okay. Um, but terrible. I still
1: left at I still left at eight o'clock. <laughs> so yeah. That was a that was a long drive. I do have a story about that as well. So,
0: Good.
1: Um, but that we'll save that for later. But uh, yeah. congratulations, Chris. I uh, love and you very much. Hopefully, uh, Chris will be back on the pod at least uh, once. Sometimes he's going to have Sometime. to be back on the yeah. On the he'll pod. have to guest.
0: You guys have to talk uh, fantasy sports. So,
1: yeah, he'll have That'll to. Be he'll, a I, I'm still holding out hope that. Uh, He'll be back sooner than later. So. Me too.
0: Um, that was also the first time we were all in a room, like our friend group. In forever.
1: Years, probably a good four years. All like you're talking about all of us.
0: I'm talking like, about all done. of us at the exact yeah, same it time.
1: Pr- it was probably a good four
0: years. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's wild. No, no, about. no, no. There was we did Christmas in my house two years ago. That was two years ago.
1: It felt like four years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Holy cow. Oh my <laughs> yeah. Oh Anyways. my goodness. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, congratulations to the two of them. I dropped something on the floor. That's okay. Um, but uh very nice wedding. Happy mm-hmm. to be a part of it. Very mm-hmm. cool. Um, but back to the more important things other than holy matrimony. Uh Detroit sports, which is our most important thing that we ever talk about on this podcast, and nothing else. Yes. Just kidding. Um, I guess we have to start with the Lions because they're – it's so unfortunate that this town is a football town. Like, Because we, we, we like to think, oh, it's hockey town, uh, Tigers baseball, like captivates uh, people more than anybody else when they're in the postseason or P- Detroit basketball, the bad boys. No, it's Lions football. And it's really unfortunate that that's the yes. case because of the product that is consistently on the field. every single season it doesn't change it's the same thing repackaged into something new and all it is 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 despair i mean that's that's an exaggeration but um we have to we have to take this partially uh and we have to focus on the monday night performance which the lions playing on monday night football is rare so like it it Mm -hmm. felt different so like it, it like it felt like this i don't want to say playoff atmosphere but it felt like this it was a little this more game, hype. The more hype. This game was more significant. They win this game. Then, you know, you can begin to build off of that thing. Uh, which, honestly, it, it led up to the hype. They they pulled out a new uniform combination um, to kind of build that excitement. They've never done what I, white on white before. I don't think that's ever happened. Um, and, honestly, it looked pretty sharp. I'm, I liked I'm not, it. I, I think it, it looked pretty cool. Uh, and I hope they do it again. Uh, sometime maybe, I don't think they'll do it Thanksgiving. They always do like the throwback, like really boring, but also really kind of cool. Uh, (laughs) like silver pants, blue Jersey, silver helmet. And that's it. I, I like it. Um.
0: Well, because you're an old soul when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm
1: no. Okay. (laughs) Cut me, cut me some slack. I'm not an old soul. I'm wearing this hat right now. It's the old English D with like a star. That's also mountains on the point. Like that, that my father would hate this hat.
0: Um, Okay, okay. we won't get into that.
1: Continue. That's that's beside the point. Um, So that was a cool piece. And then they they came out and they played some really competent football. They established the run, which is something they never, ever do. And they have two pretty competent running backs to do so. One, it was kind of a revenge game type for Jamal Williams, so I understand that. Uh, And Swift has, I mean... I, they're not using him as much and uh, i think people are mad about that but i think they're doing that to protect him because he's he can get he's got some injury scares i think uh last year um there was some concern that he was uh going through the same injury process as former lions running back javid best um concussions headaches the the, the chris pronger like and all mm-hmm. be all like stuff like can't be in a room with whatever it was very early on stages of that but like still like a cause for concern so i think that's what they're trying to do um so if we get mad about them splitting carries it's because they're trying to protect this player and keep him um keep him productive for a long time in this league so i'm not too concerned with that but i did really like that they established the run and uh brian greasy was uh one of the the color commentators for monday night football he was saying um Kind of complaining how the Lions weren't taking deep shots down the field, um, which I would have to disagree. And this is this is going to sound so <laughs> terrible because it's going to be like, "Oh, this kid knows nothing." Oh no! <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed to say this. <laughs> Go for it, do it. How you win in the Madden video game is establishing <laughs> the run.
0: Great. And That's
1: doing, not... and doing short. Ten yard passes, okay, because they are they are low uh, risk passes, mm-hmm. and you need to establish the run in order to develop like a, a deeper passing game. Um, so the Lions had the foundations to okay, they established the run and then they were doing short, um, non uh, high risk passes. So. That's why you were seeing some of the success that they were having the first half. And by the way, Jared Goff and that touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson, that was a phenomenal throw. It was. That he, no, he I won. watched
0: that game and he had been throwing, f- he wasn't throwing far by, you know, NFL quarterback standards, but he was throwing far for Jared Goff, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. Yeah. I felt I... like he was actually looking for runners and trusting them to an extent. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. And I think the two minute drill that they had at half after the Packers drove down the field and they scored and then they got the field goal, I think he did exceptionally well because there were passes that were further than 20 yards. He was finding guys open in the middle of the field. Um, he, he hit swift for a couple of quick passes as well. Uh, and then Hawkinson has been the security blanket for this team. And again, Greasy was like, well, you don't want, you don't want your leading receivers to be your two running backs and your tight end, you want some edge receivers, but that's also due to talent on this roster because what, our number one receiver is Khalif Raymond, who was traded for a sixth round pick? Yeah. I mean, that that's what you're dealing with right now. You don't just magically get one of those things. So you have to develop your offense around what you have as far as you know the talent pool. And this is unfortunately probably what they're going to have to be running. And that puts stress on the defense, but I'll get to that later. Uh, mm-hmm. The first half was, I was excited. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to, they're gonna beat this team. But... I wasn't
0: on my phone for the first half. Yeah, <laughs> I... <laughs> which says a lot. <laughs>
1: you jerk. We have we have something to cover here, and you you're, you're watching Avatar. So I
0: yes, I'm... I can dual screen, man. I've watched Avatar like four times.
1: Says the girl who has to take books of notes to keep keep keeper that is
0: to remember plays mm. in a very live setting i don't take mm. notes when i'm watching the sports i can do that because i get replays right after i don't uh. get replays in a live sport okay 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 D- okay you okay. and me are gonna fight
1: right, well let's do it i'm down to tussle i'm always down for Donnie brooke anyway um so that first half was exceptional i i really enjoyed mm-hmm. that i really just see i really like to see uh the production of of the offense uh the defense was eh, it was suspect um but held their own uh they had a lot of pressures on rogers and they kept their big ticket players Devonte adams aaron jones in check in the first half then the second half rolls along uh one of their top corners gets hurt hip injury he's done rogers just picks on the new guy or Rogers just picks on the other guy. Who, whatever. The defense looked like Swiss cheese. They can't stop anybody. When they had a big sack, then they would give up a th- a, th- a third and forever. I think they're on third down. There was two plays of thirty plus yards in that game against the Lions. Oy. That's unacceptable. One yeah. of those is unacceptable. The fact that two of those things happened. Yeah. Horrid. And I, I have to look up. I have to look up this player. Real quick, but I'm gonna keep talking a little bit. Rogers and and Adams and the big guys eventually took over. When Rogers smells blood in the water, um, you know he's usually gonna greasy or no? Who was it? Who was it that said? Uh... I switched over to the Manning broadcast. So on every Monday night, of not every Monday night, but for the past two Monday nights, uh, Eli and Peyton Manning have been doing uh, the like just been commentating uh, the Monday night game. Um, Which
0: sounds like a great time. I've it, seen, like, clips and stuff, and they seem like a lot of fun.
1: It was so much fun. Side note, they had Pat McAfee. Do you know who that is? No. So he's, a, he's like, a boisterous, like, former NFL punter. And he's okay. just, like, he he does his own, he has his own, like, podcast. He's, he's really funny. He, like, asks, like, the football. Like, not, like, just, like, the, you know, the typical, uh, like, like media friendly questions. No, he like gets into the nitty Mm -hmm. gritty. He wants to know like the weird stories. He told like weird stories about Peyton Manning. Like he was like, he was at some casino in Indianapolis and Peyton Manning told him to bet on his number, but in black and it hit and he made like a bunch of money that night. And it was just like Peyton Manning, like walks through like this casino and walks over to Pat, who was like a rookie at the time. And he's like, Hey, maybe you should push your chips over to the black on 18 and it hits. And then the whole place goes (laughs) crazy. Um, but they were also pat mcafee had money on the game and when you work in nfl you can't bet on nfl Mm -hmm. but it was very clear that he had money on the game Um, so he was rooting against things to happen which was so funny um but they also had uh they had i think patrick willis or some somebody on somebody on that broadcast and he was saying that rogers is the best quarterback he's ever faced in regards to like not the greatest cuz there's accolades that are or maybe it was on the main broadcast I'm not sure but he was saying that Rodgers is the best quarterback at finding weaknesses and exploiting them. There is not mm-hmm. a better quarterback in NFL history or at least that this guy had faced that can do it just like that. And when you have the weakest defense in your division and maybe in the NFL that's not that's good. A that's, that's a problem.
0: That's a problem. And
1: they gave yeah. up they gave up like 20 something unanswered points. Um yeah. but I I want to talk. Remember how I said that we couldn't get, or we couldn't name any linebackers on this team. Yep. Yep. Still um, can. So Alex An- Anzalone, he's our middle linebacker, and he's also the captain of the of the defense. Horrid. Okay. Just, <laughs> just a putrid performance. Yeah. And like it, it, it's probably not even his fault. You know, it's like he's just a guy that like ended up being there, and like now he's in a starting role, and it's like okay, like now you have to go and perform. He, he's, it, it was, it was not, not, good. Uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, when that's yeah. your when that's your captain of your defense, and like he's one of the captains on the defense, not like the main captain, but. Uh, your middle linebacker, he's constantly getting carved up. It's, it, 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 it really was a tale of two halves and Goff looked horrible in the second half. He
0: had a, he had a fun, fun, well,
1: it was raining, but that's not really an excuse. That is not an excuse
0: for an NFL player,
1: but they were talking about this. So Manning was talking about Peyton Manning was talking about how in the rain, this is a really informative, I was really impressed, uh, just like I might, I might try to do like dual screen or like just slip back and forth next Monday night game. Um, but Manning was talking about how when it's in the rain, um, they would constantly shift into the gun because it's a lot easier to, to take a snap from the shotgun as opposed Mm -hmm. to under center. And the lions were constantly going under center until it was fourth down. where They were in Packers territory. I think they were on Packers 30, which was, I don't I'm going to put this on Campbell for the play call. Um, might have been fourth and one, fourth and two, but it was a point in the game where the Lions needed to, they needed to, to a, they needed to do it. They needed to score. They needed a touchdown, yeah. not a field goal. Um, yep. And they ran the ball well, uh, effectively, and they lined up in the gun with four four wide receivers. There was nobody in the backfield. Good. It was fourth and two. Like at least like fake like your gun like develop a play action. Look the go under center if you need to look like you're going to at least potentially run and off through to Cephas who almost made one of the craziest greatest catches I, catches one. Of... It, it would have been the greatest catch I've ever seen live. And I'm, I'm, I saw Odell's catch live. I'm not exaggerating. I yeah. I'm, I'm being, no, I'm being serious. I know you are. I I know Odell. When he caught it, he, it was a crazy catch because he like caught like the, the nose of the football like this and he went. I back was gonna and say
0: scored. it was behind him, wasn't it?
1: It was behind him. Yeah. Cephas
0: was, was parallel to the ground, was, actually forty-five.
1: Was parallel to the ground, covered. Yeah. Like yep. he was like he was parallel to the ground, T boned on this on his defender, and he, he caught he caught the ball's like nose like in the palm of his hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
1: he would have caught it in the palm. Mm-hmm. That would have been extraordinary. Um mm-hmm. so he went to he went to Cephas who was covered and he missed Amon St. Brown. Um, Who was wide open in the flat just there was nobody covering him like you could go back into the film So that was a poor play call and a poor read from Goff. and this is what you're gonna get with this team unfortunately, Um, you're gonna see um, Like you saw against the 49ers some fight you're gonna see like you saw in the first half against the Packers You're gonna see like wow This is a competent football team, but they're not gonna be able to put the whole thing together And that's what's gonna be frustrating. So like Campbell I, I tried to listen to him after cuz I'm really interested in what he has to say and how he's handling being a coach uh in in his fir- or his first year head coach um he was he's you know he said oh, I was encouraged by uh King who's, or I can't remember his name I'm looking at the depth chart right now um I was encouraged by uh uh is it Parker AJ Parker um who stepped in for um or maybe it was maybe it was Jacobs it was Jacobs so Ifiatu Melia, Melia Phonwu was their corner. Yes. I'm, I totally butchered that, but he was the guy who got hurt and he's a rookie. Um, so they had another rookie come in and he did okay. So he was like, oh, I was really impressed with him. I was really impressed with how Swift ran. I was really impressed, but we didn't get it done. This wasn't, we can't, it it was a mixture of like, oh, I was really happy about these things, but didn't get it done. We got to do better. Now that's kind of the same thing we've been hearing for years. Yeah. So it's week two, first year. But at the same
0: time, in his defense, like, what do you say? Like,
1: what, yeah, what are you supposed to say? What
0: do you, what do you say? Right. You, you have to give coach speak because reporters need an answer. And you can't just be like, nah, I'm not going to comment on that. But also, you can't say, like, yeah, my guys sucked. They're going to be running for hours on next practice. Like, you can't, yeah, you can't do that. You know, you have to say something. And unfortunately, that's where the coach speak comes in. Yeah. So, like, in his defense, he had to say something, but also, it wasn't great.
1: <laughs> I, I will say, I, I do genuinely think the players like Dan Campbell. And we've been saying that since training camp opened. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I'm paying attention to the lines a little bit more, um, but this is, like, the first game that I've actually been able to sit down and watch um, in a period of time. Um, but even when the, the game was kind of falling apart, they didn't give up. Uh, they had... they. They had the Packers on the ropes. They forced them to punt a couple times late in the game, and the offense just kind of sputtered after that. They had a couple of big sacks, um, and I guess at the end of the day, that's all we can ask for, question mark. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't give up, um, because you're going to... This is a talentless defense with a offense that needs to be particular uh, and concise to score points. Um, And that's just kind of a recipe for disaster. You know, you can't rely on any talent because you don't really have a whole lot of talent. Um, So you have to rely on schemes. You have to rely on coaching. And we're not really sure how strong this coaching is because Campbell is a new coach. And then a lot of these guys were picked off uh, from head coaching jobs that were fired. Or our defensive coordinator, who is a defensive backs coach, this is his first go around in the NFL as well. Um, so I th- I do have some confidence that the offense will be able to pick some things up because I, th- I I've said this months ago uh, I think Anthony Lynn is a great coach I, I don't think the Chargers should have fired him um, and honestly I probably would have been pretty happy if the Lions hired him as head coach um, but he's our offensive coordinator right now which is I guess the second best thing so I think the offense will figure it out the They'll develop a little bit more. Um, and we have some receivers, young receivers that are working really hard. I'm, keep your eye on St. Brown. Um, he works really hard, um, but I think he also does have some some pretty good talent. I love Quintez Cephas. He had a couple big catches today. He could develop into your number one guy and... Khalif Raymond's a wild card. I don't think he's bad, but I don't necessarily think he's gonna be a game breaker either. But that's this is what you're having to work for. And your running game is probably your strongest part of your offense, which is something we talked about, uh, mm-hmm. given the uh given the offensive line, which Penny Sewell, I just saw a stat today. He hasn't given up a sack at left tackle since twenty eighteen at Oregon. Yeah. I think he's... I think we I think we hit it on that one.
0: Yeah, he's doing good. Even just, like, watching him live and me being somebody who doesn't really know a ton about, like, the strategy of football, I could just, like, watching him was really fun because I was like, oh, he's not going to let anybody back to yeah. get golf." It was just good.
1: Yeah. No, and I, I think that'll help Goff in the future, too. Like, just, like, having some confidence. And then it's only going to get better when Taylor Decker comes back from injury because... Mm-hmm he's a pro I don't I don't think you would move Decker back to left tackle um I'm not saying that because I don't know where he plays but I'm just <laughs> saying that by thinking it out loud because um, I <laughs> I said the quote about Penny Sewell last week about wiping mm-hmm. his rear end um but if he's playing well I I think there's something to be said if you have a young player playing well in a position that's genuinely or genuinely a pretty tough position to play. I think you're going to stick that guy there. You're going to keep him there. If, if the guy who he's replacing is coming back, because the veteran will be like, Hey, like your veteran, obviously you're a leader on this team. Um, We're going to try you over here. Not because we don't think you're going to do better. Like, not because we think you're bad at this position, but because you're so good, we need to spread that talent. And he's playing really, really well. And really comfortable here, and he's a young mm-hmm. rookie because
0: mm-hmm.
1: again he's the youngest left tackle in the league and yeah. ever, so which
0: is crazy, crazy,
1: crazy to think, and he's performing so really cool, really cool to see. Um, but those are the notes on Lions. Um, that felt really good. Um, I should watch Lions a lot more in depth. Maybe we could. Maybe we'll be a. A full-time Lions podcast in the future. Just kidding. We're not going to
0: do I that. I have a lot to learn. <laughs>
1: <sighs> we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to transition into the Red Wings, but we, again, Noel, what what was your favorite moment of the prospect? Did, 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 was what I was saying true in the beginning, that it was like the super intimate like setting? Like, How did you enjoy it? What, what was your yes, experience?
0: you were correct. It was – it felt like I was watching – very large, uh, minor league, not minor league hockey, uh, like high school players play, sure. you know, like it had that same atmosphere. I was, I was also sitting, uh, two rows behind, um, whatever his first name, Zito's family.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: they're a large Italian family. There was like seven or eight of them and they Gabagool. all were so into it. Grandma and grandpa were right in front of me. And then mom, dad, brother, and either sister or girlfriend or aunt, shoot, her age was ambiguous. I couldn't really tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was the robe in front of them. And they were all just like... Every single time he was on the ice, all of them had their phones out. All of them were screaming. That's they, awesome. Watching it, I was like, I want him to score or get an assist or something just to just to watch their reaction. Like, I just want them to have a good day. And he didn't score at the game that we were at. He scored on Saturday.
1: Oh, good for him.
0: Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Um, Which great. I love that. Love like cuz he's not one of the up and comings, you know, he was one of the later round picks, so like you're just hoping for the best for him in this instance. Um so that was a lot of fun. It was really cool to be at a live sporting event again. Uh I've been to baseball games, but baseball is such a different atmosphere. Yeah. Um
1: especially Tigers baseball right now. So
0: I well, I was at a White Caps game. I hop oh, into okay. a, a Tigers game in a minute. Um, but yeah, just like shoulder to shoulder with hockey fans who I know love the game and um, get really excited about that kind of stuff. It was, it was a good time. It was fun. Yeah. I,
1: I will say um, all of that is great. Diehard hockey fans are probably some of the weirdest people out there. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like, because like, like hockey, I feel like is like the, like, like the misfit for like fourth major sport
0: mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of like what the... as a side note we're including ourselves in that weirdo count oh, because we were f- both there and we host a podcast i
1: i have i have shades of of being like normal and weird i can turn that switch on and off pretty good i think uh-huh. sometimes well,
0: um on and off <laughs> the off button doesn't work all the time but yes
1: yeah, the off button malfunctions fairly often, but uh, so I—I I mean, I was just listening to like there's a couple guys behind me just talking about like some of the rookies that were there, and it's like oh, Sir, Sir Bango has been—he's—he's he's been my AHL captain in 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 in, in NHL uh, uh, franchise mode all the time. <laughs> and, like literally, that's how the guy sounded. <laughs> like, I <laughs> if he's if he's listening, I apologize. I'm not putting your name out there, but I don't even know your name. But still, I I was just like. Man, we're a bunch of misfit toys out here, aren't we? But oh, I know. Uh, there were
0: two guys behind me that were like, "Yeah, we used to play." Like they grew up in Traverse City and used to play at that ice arena. Um, he was just chatting about like how much it's changed because apparently he moved away and like came back for the tournament and was sitting with yeah. friends he hadn't seen in years and just talking about, "Wow, do you remember like this thing?" And like, I can't believe that I'm, you know, back here and I'm, you know, just playing beer league. Like he was just just chatting sure. about being. In that atmosphere and like how cool it is to watch the prospects play on his home ice like i don't know it's yeah. just it's just a fun just a fun place to be but yeah they're weirdos just that's, a bunch of wackos that's
1: that's the exact vibe and again talked about this in the past that the nhl is trying to capture with uh craft hockeyville with creating hmm. that like mm-hmm. like updating like the hometown ranking and getting an nhl game there that's the same thing and i Again, yeah. that's why the prospect tournament is so unique. It's because mm-hmm. you're literally in this resort town of Traverse City, and some of the biggest and brightest, like young players, are playing in this. Not I don't want to say rundown rink because it's not rundown. It's actually pretty nice. It was a really nice rink. It's a very nice rink, but they're playing in this spot you wouldn't expect them to be. But you're seeing guys like yeah. Craig Berube, who's the head coach of the of the Blues. Saw him. You see Blashel walk through. You see you see all of these people. I saw a couple of people post pictures with Eisenman. He eventually made an appearance out there. Uh, but which leads me into, um, who I had a conversation Corey's with. Corey's
0: favorite moment.
1: My favorite. Well, not even my favorite moment. And I, I think working in sports for a little bit and, and just, I don't know, like I've learned how to act around famous people, I guess, like, cause it's famous
0: like, air quotes famous detroit famous is a different detroit thing famous. Than famous.
1: now that being said if justin verlander walked into my house or right now i'd probably be like omg you're justin verlander like that's like that's like the pinnacle. you would I don't, scream i don't know like, how you I would, would have...
0: actually yell
1: right like me. i don't well because it's like that's like justin verlander is practically the reason i fell in love with sports in the i was first gonna place. say he's
0: your hero so like it makes sense
1: right besides the point Um, but when I worked for the tigers, Kirk Gibson would walk through like the office and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's Kirk Gibson. And like, I just, I was working. So it's like, I had to like do that. So, um, Ken Cal, who he's the, he's the radio play by play for the Detroit Red Wings. He was just, uh, he was just in the arena. (laughs) Literally he was buying two hot dogs. Uh, and Jathan and I are talking about like jerseys and Jersey brokering, your brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, that's his name. Don't ask me why. Um, I, I had brokered jerseys, uh, for people on Reddit long story the place had a bunch of these like special like made in canada jerseys that you can't get in the public so i brokered for them and i eventually got one for myself so the whole we were talking about like okay how are we going to do this he bought two jerseys i'm stripping them putting verana on the back and hopefully we're going to sell them for a profit but that's what we're talking about and i'm like oh that's ken Cal, and he must have heard me and he looked over and i'm like what's going on ken and he's like oh not so much he did like small talk and then we're just talking like having a conversation and then he comes over to us finishes his hot dogs and we talk for like 30 minutes and it's like we're just we're just standing like it's we're just three dudes you know talking in shop. like
0: a uh, a kid's rink hallway basically right. right like we're talking like
1: right by the bathroom like this yeah. is, it's just the weirdest thing my dad's taking a nap in the corner like there's like table <laughs> stuff he's taking a nap in the corner was um, he mad when he woke up no he eventually came over and found okay us. So like he got to I'll, I'll get to that in a second but we were talking we were just talking like uh who who were who was impressive like in the tournament blah, blah 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 all this but i wanted to talk about the red wing second on the podcast because we talked about management with the four majors and i guess i shouldn't be saying this but we're such a small podcast it probably wouldn't even matter um but um he was talking about how when ken holland was still the gm we had like all of our people like the gms of all the four majors would get together and He was saying, well, you would think because the Red Wings had the most long-lasting success in Detroit that they would be asking the Red Wings how, like, how do you do this? How do you develop players? What do you look for? What do you do this, this, and that? How do you draft? All of this. And he was saying, like, the other teams would ask, like the Pistons and the Tigers and whatnot. The Lions brass and ownership would go into that conversation and tell the Red Wings how to run and operate their sports team.
0: That feels incorrect. And Ken
1: was like, you have no weight here. (laughs) Like the Red Wings are the, are the perfect example of how you should run a professional sports franchise and the lions are the polar opposite. So he, he was saying, and this is how we got into this conversation. His explanation of, he doesn't think the lions will ever be anything until the Fords sell the team. Mm-hmm. And where I never really heard a good argument for that. It's like, okay, well, what does really an owner do besides put more money into the product? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what he was saying. He's saying that the people who are in charge, and he's saying that even uh, Campbell and, uh, I can't think of our GM, our GM's name, Brad Holmes, uh, are not the people necessarily making the decision. I didn't necessarily, I don't think I agreed with that considering like all of like, the fanfare from the Sewell pick. Because um, I don't, I feel like management would have wanted like fields or something like a quarterback, Mm -hmm. a game-changing quarterback. Um, But he was saying like the, the owners that, uh, I don't want to say care too much because I don't think they care too much, but the owners are so entrenched and unaware of their surroundings or what really is bringing this team down. So Mm. that was the first time I was like, okay, I think I understand this argument that was the biggest takeaway and he was talking about you know how eiserman came back we, we can i mean like we can make a new segment what did what did ken Cal say to Corey? and then we could just talk <laughs> about the, the things that we talked about um but so we just talked about that and then my dad got it from his nap and he came over and then he was talking about the lions he said some stuff about barry sanders which i never really thought about um mm. but again different time um and my dad who's also named ken um you know we he had to go to the booth because he bonded on
0: that I'm yeah sure.
1: No, like, they shook hands, and he's like, Ken Cal is like, Ken. And my dad's like, Ken. And Ken was like, Ken? And my dad's like, Ken. <laughs> so it was, like, this really funny, awkward, like, thing. So, like, they, they're they both named Ken. And so he, he got that. Um, Cute. But, so that, that was my experience with Ken. That was the biggest takeaway. It was like, man, this is why the Lions franchise has sucked for so long. It's because the people who are in charge do not understand.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's confirmed.
1: That is, that is some hot take from you're not getting this information from anybody ever on any media outlet. You're getting this from the CNC replay. I want you all to remember that when you hit subscribe, you're going to get <laughs> the some
0: 10 of you listening.
1: You're going to get some insider information from your boys, Corey, Chris, and your girl, Noel. So remember that, but. Back to the discussion at hand, prospect tournament. What would you think? Couple takeaways, and then we, I think we got to keep moving.
0: A uh, couple takeaways. Um, I'm really excited for uh, Jonathan Bergeron. Okay. I loved his playmaking, and we need more of that on this team. Um, excited for Lucas Raymond and his vision for the game. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun, and we did actually see the only game that they won during the tournament, yes. which was kind of a bummer. But, you know, if we were going to be there for one game, it might as well be that one. Um, and I was really impressed, honestly, with Donovan Sobrango. Um, hmm. I don't know why. I just felt like he stuck out to me. And maybe that's because I have a little bit of a bias towards defensemen, just generally, but I thought that he stuck out in a in a positive way. And I have no numbers to back that up. Yeah. Just the eye test. <laughs>
1: No, I I agree with that assessment. Um I think maybe maybe I disagree a little bit with with at least what I was looking at. I feel like Lucas Raymond, he's got a great shot. You're right, he does have great uh vision, but honestly, I thought he was a little slow. And I think his size did impact uh his ability to play. He's young, he's mm-hmm. he was a first round draft pick. I understand that, but I remember reading a lot of comments saying that Lucas Raymond's going to make the team out of camp, and I'm like, I,
0: I, no, I didn't think that. I'd I never thought that. I think I, he needs a lot of development. I don't, truly,
1: I didn't see that. I mean, wicked shot, and he, yeah, he, oh yeah, he, he had a couple, he had a couple of shots that missed the net that I thought they were going to break the glass, like just barely missed upper. Upper left and right hand corner, and yeah, and were...
0: it was like opposite. We we were on the visitor side bleachers, like across from the visiting team. Mm-hmm. He would shoot it at the opposite end goal, and it would be like he just shot it at the glass in front of us. That yeah. was how loud it was. I
1: I really liked the power play um, play from you had Berggren, uh, Valeno, Raymond, Pearson came up, and then they ran with one defenseman. Um, uh, for the power play. I think that they cycled the puck really well, at least in the game that we were at. Um, I don't think they scored on the power play. Maybe they did. Um, I think, I think Raymond... they had
0: one power play goal in oh. our game, but I don't think they scored on it otherwise. Touchyev, Yeah The Russian. Tuchiev. Yeah. Whoever. However you say his name. Kirill the Thrill. Krill, <laughs> That's what we're calling him.
1: Kirill the, Krill the Thrill 2. Tatyev strikes back. I don't. I don't know. Uh, he had a very
0: Chuchiev. Tut I think Chuch- there's a sh ch- ch- sound in there somewhere.
1: Okay. Well, Chuchiev. Um He had two goals in the first game. Awesome. He looked. Yeah. He looked great. Uh, but again, he's. I checked. He played in Belarus.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, he's that.
1: he's Russian, but he was in the yes. Belarus hockey league. Huh. So the diamond in the rough, I guess. Um, but. I mean, again, he's going to develop. He'll probably be in GR. I hope he's in GR next year. Um, Chase Pearson, I thought, played really well because he was yep. the second line center. He didn't have the talent of Berger and Valeno and Raymond. And I thought he was pretty noticeable. Um,
0: just, which is good because I feel like he's getting kind of towards the end of his, like, yeah make it or break it, you know,
1: he's He's fighting season. for a roster spot, which yeah. um, may not come this year. It might yeah. come next year because he
0: got so he got that really bad check in the last game I thought right? it was, was that was, was that my that was McIsaac? my bad yeah. never mind um so
1: i think he'll be in gr one more year um get a full season under his belt and then a guy like gagne all these like veteran like carter rowney those guys who are here for a year you would mm. look then to, and there's going to be injuries too. You're going to look then to bring up a guy like Pearson. Um, yep. Is he a game changer? I don't necessarily think so. Um, but no. he, this is a, such a cop-out answer. He looked like a hockey player in all facets <laughs> of the game. I mean, it's a cop-out answer, yeah. but also it isn't. Like He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looked very comfortable, um, and he also showed some offense. He had some speed. He, he All around pretty solid forward, and that's what the Red Wings are looking for. They're looking for very good two-way forwards to play. Yep. Lots of comments on Valeno, um, who is probably one of the older guys besides that 26-year-old defenseman, Brubaker, that we had. That guy, he had a really nice play. off. I, shot fake, passed it over to Raymond. Raymond dumped yep. it in.
0: He had a good assist. Really good assist.
1: Um, he looked like he was stuck in mud.
0: Valeno? Was,
1: no, 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 no. Brubaker. Brubaker. Oh, Brubaker. yeah. Um, so... I think he he played in the AHL last year. I think he's going to be a defenseman uh, for the Griffins. Uh, But I just thought it was really weird. He was 26 years old. Yeah. Or 25. He's going to be 26 in December. Um, I
0: don't know how they choose, like, who gets the prospect invite. Has he been in the system for a long time? I don't know how long he's been in the system.
1: I think he played played for uh, Winnipeg's AHL team last year.
0: Oh, interesting. So. Okay.
1: Maybe he's just getting extra work. I, I don't know. Um, but those are the takeaways. Valeno looked. I didn't. I think I didn't see it in the first period, but like he just.
0: He looked. He didn't.
1: He didn't look. like And I like guess he, the
0: fact that we're tr- has struggling to find words kind of tells what.
1: Yeah, he didn't tells. look like he should have.
0: He didn't he look, look like the veteran on the ice.
1: He looked like he should have been doing more.
0: Yeah. Absolutely should have been doing more. And I don't know if that's just... Joe Valeno's a slow developer, so I don't know if that's just him. But at this point, you want more from him, right? Like, you just... You're hoping for more... Not even flash, just, like, production. Just shots.
1: Which is weird, because I thought he played pretty well in his ten games last year. Or his ten or nine games. I thought he played... I would agree. Pretty good. Um, But in in this turn, he just, he didn't look like, he didn't look like he, he was your best player. Is that concerning? Sure. Maybe, I don't know. Um, But he did score a goal first game, Mm -hmm. cleaned up, uh, snuck one in on short side. uh, So that was cool. Um, But other than that, that Branstrom character, the goalie, um, played out of his mind in the first
0: game. Yeah, he, I was super impressed with him.
1: I mean, he was making ridiculous saves. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a fairly big guy. I think he's a little bit older as well.
0: Maybe. He's six 6'6", and I don't know how old he was. I couldn't remember.
1: I think he might have been born in 96. Maybe. Maybe. N- I'm
0: not sure. The oldest guy was born in 97. I do remember that, because I always look. I'm like, how much older am I than all these people?
1: No, Branstrom was, was born in 95. Was he? Yes. Or I'm no, sure. Brubaker was born in 95.
0: Are you sure? Yes. Now I have to go look. All right, hold on.
1: I have the I have the pamphlet from downstairs, but I'm not going to look at it. Uh,
0: do, do, do. But
1: yeah, to... uh, he played really well, and Ken Cal was also very impressed with him. That was the first thing that he said. He was like, "I the biggest takeaway was the play of of the goalie." Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's your maybe that's your first call up, when inevitably Nadalkovic or Grice go down with an injury. Lord forbid, mm-hmm. but maybe, yeah, really, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's your guy. Um, so, but yeah. Brubaker
0: cool. was born in 95. You were correct. I'm sorry. That's what I told you. Okay. Attitude. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, at don't, that. don't backtrack on the attitude. You gave me attitude.
1: Yeah, I did. Okay.
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: I did. I did. Okay. Are you happy? Yes. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, Anywho. Anywho, good, good. I encourage the Red Wings. They didn't play very great the games that we weren't there, uh, but the players that we were looking to play, looking for to play well, played well. Kosa, I don't think played very well. uh, I don't know. from what I hear, but that's to be expected. Played in juniors, and now he's playing up against fellas who are older. Um, The youngest guy, I think that was T Bone on the Red Wings. There's guy he was
0: T Bone. Feel like I remember. Was that? Oh yeah.
1: What was his name? What was his actual name? It's Cole? Davis. Davis Cod, whose whose name on the roster was T Bone.
0: Yeah, not even just on the roster, on everything, every like product that the team made for this tournament, he was T Bone. Every single one. That was how he was announced.
1: Which bold. <laughs> absolutely bold. Like you that needed... is a
0: choice. Out of you, the
1: choice. You need you need to at least show me a little something something if you're gonna be called T-Bone on yeah. your on your roster. Yeah. He didn't he was the youngest guy. He was one of the smallest guys. I don't I, I thought he was pretty he was pretty scrappy. He was
0: I mean he wasn't like getting left in the dust or like knocked yeah. over or anything.
1: He was pretty scrappy.
0: I he was I will... scrappy. He wasn't he was in dirty corners and annoying people, which was fun to watch.
1: A hundred percent. Um but yeah, I hope I hope good things for T-Bone. I'd have to look up his. I don't know anything about him. That was the first I time I saw him. We PXA. tried to look the the arena had horrible service. Oh, um,
0: just atrocious. Like I couldn't get anything to load. I would yeah. get random text messages 20 minutes late. Yeah. Every like hour.
1: Just but they want you to focus on the hockey. That's what they want is you to do. that what it is. And that's okay. and that is exactly what we did, Noel. Yes, we it came is. there, we scouted Um, and we, uh, we had our opinions developed. Speaking of opinions, um, in which we talked about with Valeno, maybe not producing as well. Um, we had some news break today. Uh, our good old friend, Bobby Ryan. Was that today or was that yesterday? No, I think it was today. I saw it today. Okay. Um, I think you sent, you sent it today. The tweet came out today.
0: I truly, I, time is irrelevant in my space when i'm at work time means nothing
1: okay well you you're the one who sent the tweet bobby ryan signed a professional tryout um with the red wings today um we're just gonna go with today uh a lot of people were kind of shaking their heads like oh well where's he gonna play blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. so a it's a professional tryout so
0: he's not getting a contract or anything
1: he's not getting a contract well i mean i guess his contract is for training camp so he'll get some sort of compensation for that um
0: yes but i mean like in terms of like the cap we're not worried about him
1: (laughs) correct correct um so two things i and i I think you have an opinion as well on this um so they valeno was supposed to be the guy that he's going to go through prospect camp and then he's going to come up and play uh in the last prospect tournament that was giovanni smith uh philip zadina those were two guys like, okay, we're going to bring you down there. You're going to play. You probably shouldn't be here, but we're going to see how you develop. I don't think Smith made the team out of camp, but then Zadina did. Um, and and he was a rookie. That was his first year. Got hurt. All sorts of things happened. But I think that's what they were trying to do with Valeno. And given the overall consensus from people in the stands, ourselves, and then I guess even Ken Cal, some of the hockey world, uh they were a little disappointed with how he performed. So maybe if this was a guy that was going to come up and play and take a roster spot, uh, they don't think that he's shown enough quite yet. So that's a guy to bring in, get some healthy competition. Because Valeno's not going anywhere. He's not a bust by any means. He just needs to get some more development. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a guy who knows the system. Um, I also saw that, oh, Bobby Ryan played so well last year when he was healthy. Why didn't we just sign him? He he did. Okay. Yep. He played well when he was healthy. Oh, um, what? Okay. I don't what? Think,
0: I think he played. He played well. I think it was. I don't know how to describe it. It, it was. It was fine. You know. It, I mean, he's a he's a a third liner. Like he's not. He's not going to make or break the game. Is what i might, I'm getting at
1: i might disagree with third liner i think he can be he's a very low tier top six very low tier
0: okay
1: which is a a very slight disagreement in picking at straws but
0: yeah <laughs> are you just disagreeing to disagree with me at this point no no i
1: think i well because when I he know. was in ottawa he was he was a top six forward
0: oh i know i know he was previously i'm saying this past season sure i'm I mean, just well, saying like yeah okay what? He was
1: a top six in our, this past season.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm and I
0: he had he had four
1: goals in the first two games. And then what? He got hurt. Like he always and then he does. He came back. <laughs> he came back and the Red Wings sucked. That's that's what it happens. I know. Um. So it, I I like Bobby Ryan. He's he's a he's a productive player. Um, he's a, as we can see, he's a talented player, just he's old and his body is not shaping up the way that it should be. I need
0: to feel like I need to clarify. I also like Bobby Ryan. Okay. I do. Okay. (laughs) I do like him. I was very excited when he signed and I was excited when he did well in his first however many games. I just, I, I think my opinion stems more from, I think that there are younger guys that we can pull up. As opposed to giving an older veteran a spot. Sure. You know, like, that's my camp. That's my camp I'm coming from. Sure. And so this Bobby Ryan signing, I'm kind of side-eyeing going, okay, bring Giovanni Smith up full-time. You know, yeah. like, that's that's where my head's at.
1: I think that's where a lot of people are sitting. Um, but, it, again, we have to look at this professional tryout. Um, I know. I know. Like, do you remember UC Jokinen? Yes professional trial he played all training camp didn't make the team and i don't think he played in the nhl after that so this could very well be one of those things i don't necessarily think it will be um given injuries and stuff maybe they sign him on and he's a guy press box warrior um and just goes through that um but at the end of the day he could go through training camp we could cut him send him on his way but um and then also somebody said well if nobody was competing to sign him we're not going to sign him and compete with ourselves so he's going to play um, if he plays well we'll give him the league minimum he might even make less than he might be the lowest paid guy on the team if he if he makes the team
0: you think he'd make less than seven i think giovanni is getting like 750 you think he's gonna make less than that maybe okay
1: so That's i don't know take that that's a, I, it's a maybe. He might not even make the team. We might just well, yeah. be, we no. i say,
0: but like hypothetically, if he did, you think we're
1: talking we're talking five minutes on this podcast for a guy who's probably not even gonna make a team.
0: Yeah. Well, per per usual, I mean, how long do we talk about Blake Griffin?
1: Uh, fair. Um, <laughs> so that that's they weren't necessarily happy with Valeno's development, so they're gonna bring in another guy, push into training camp, and then because he'll be in Traverse City, so uh oh, Noel's dying. She's coughing a ton, but, uh, that's all I have to say about that. He's just, he's going to be a guy, train camp warrior. He's going to push players say, Hey, if you're not like with him saying, he's not going to verbally say, Hey, I'm going to hear, like, I'm here to like, take your spot. But like Eisenman is putting him there as like, Hey, like if you don't shape up, this guy's going to take your spot. Um, Right. Right. So any other opinions on that or no, you think you got those out?
0: Nope. I think we're okay. We're good.
1: All right, Moving we have on
0: to on to some hires, right?
1: Yeah, we have to talk about the Pistons again. Not a whole lot. No. Um, Pistons preseasons coming up again. Um, I maybe I should talk about Luka Garza one more time, um,
0: <laughs> just to get it out of your system. <laughs> I'm going
1: to save it for next week. I'm going to save okay. it. Remind me to talk about Luka Garza next week because I will. I, I have I have some very strong opinions um, and uh, a very interesting comparison as far as climb not necessarily player comparison but how players can develop so that's a sneak peek for next week so Luca garza uh development question mark um but the pistons made some hires um they hired dwayne casey got the full like full go to go and expand his coaching staff um, and to be completely honest, the both of us are not really sure what to think of these hires. Nope. I do have one opinion on one of these guys. Um, but, uh, the Pistons hired, um, former Boston Celtics assistant, Jerome Allen, former Pacers assist- assistant, Bill Bonio and former Sacramento Kings assistant Rex Calamane as assistants to this coaching staff. To be completely honest, I don't really know what that means. Um, I don't really know how N- NBA coaches, especially assistant coaches, are evaluated, considering this is a very player driven league. Um, but good for them <laughs> that they're on the Pistons. Um, but I do like uh, that they're bringing in, um, maybe not the Kings, but I do like that they're bringing in guys. The Celtics know how to develop players. Uh, the Pacers, for, and again, probably a pretty similar situation that the Pistons are in. Um, they they don't really have a whole lot of superstar talent, but they're always a pretty pesky team to play with. So, like that, they're bringing in another perspective. I could, I can't name you one thing about Rex Kalaman from the Kings. I don't really know why he's here, because um, the Kings are not a great basketball franchise, but so on and so forth. Um, they also hired another assistant from the 76ers, Andrew Jones, the third, and he's going to focus on player development. Um, this is interesting. And I'm reading the free press article. Um, he was previously with the Oklahoma city thunder, um, for their player development, um, and their, and their G league affiliate. Um, I'd have to double check into that. Cause Diallo, cause we got him from Oklahoma, right? Maybe there's some, a connection there
0: yeah maybe i don't uh,
1: know well no just like because former player maybe right no coach. I,
0: I understand what you're saying yeah i don't know if you're right yeah
1: um i don't know if i'm right either but i'm just judging this um and then also the sixers who were one of the best teams in the east their whole thing was to trust the process so they tried to figure out how to ways to develop players um, could not do it with Ben Simmons. That's a different discussion for a different time. And he's throwing a temper tantrum right now. not going to play for the 76ers anymore. Um, and maybe has the worst free throw percentage of anybody in the NBA in the playoffs, which was like 25%. And he's a point guard. Ew. Um, so that is unacceptable. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, he's going to be the, uh, player development coach, not to be confused with director of player development, John Beeline, who is not a coach, but simply a director um so i'm assuming he will assist with that but as far as that that is all the pistons news um even in the article it doesn't give a whole lot of information other than where these guys were from it has the most on andrew jones he was a former penn state um he was a former uh, penn state player um and 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 left the school as their 12th leading rebounder in school history so congratulations okay. coach jones welcome to good to Detroit. Him.
0: Good, good job to him. I, words.
1: <sighs> Lastly, I think, um, unless you have any other opinions, on the no,
0: I have no more opinions.
1: Okay, I'm, ex- I'm genuinely excited for Pistons basketball. I think that's going to be a lot of fun this year. There were rumors of so John Wall from the Rockets. Um, this was okay. a couple weeks ago. Um, he's they're trying to trade him because the Rockets are a horrible team. Um, after Harden left, um, and the Pistons were one of the teams that were interested in bringing on John Wall. So, okay. John Wall again—the closest the Pistons would have to a superstar right now would be John Wall, if he were on the team. Now, Cade Cunningham—he's a rookie. You don't want to. Cade Cunningham is superstar potential, but he's a rookie. He's not. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to put NBA. that
0: label on him yet.
1: You can't put that label on him quite yet. Uh I you could say uh Jeremy Grant, um, but also don't wanna put that label on him yet. He's a very good player and a player that's gonna be a cornerstone to this franchise for at least the next few years. Um so I don't know, kick the tires, see what see what you get. You have a ton of second round draft picks. You got four from uh uh the Nets for that uh DeAndre Jordan deal. So Yep. Use figure that. out what you're gonna do with those. I don't know. Um so Keep your eye on that. Look at some John Wall news. Um, lastly, favorite part of the show, our beloved baseball cats. Um, had a little treat today because they had to move up the game because of weather.
0: Which um, Brecken was mad about.
1: <laughs> which Brecken was mad about. she had
0: tickets and her friend was coming in to sh- from Chicago to watch the White Sox because he's a fan.
1: Mm-hmm. Couldn't
0: come in because he had to work. So
1: Tough. Really sad. Um, Because there was, like, four people at the park today. Um, Yes, uh, her brother ended up
0: going with her, and he actually moved behind home plate because he could. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Uh, But, Noel, I don't know if you know this. um, The Tigers just beat and won three series in a row against division leaders. Three different division leaders in the major leagues right now.
0: I did actually know that. I don't, I don't know much, but I did, I, I did know that.
1: They just, they, they beat, they swept Milwaukee in the yep. two game series. They
0: poor Daniel Norris uh, sidebar. Poor, Continue. Poor
1: Daniel Norris. I think did they, I think they split with Tampa Bay maybe. Cause it was a four game set. I think they split.
0: Oh, it was a four game set. They must've, yeah. they, I think they split then. Yeah. They split. Cause I know Tampa that Bay. they, cause maybe I'm forgetting the first one, but I know it was win, loss, win for the Tigers. Yeah. So I, I either missed the first one or not. Yeah, they must have split then.
1: So they split with the, the best team in the American League mm-hmm. on the road in Tampa Bay. Not that that's a difficult place to play, but still on the road. Uh, and then they just won the first two games of their series against their own division leader in the Chicago White Sox. Yes. Um,
0: Ruining people's days. That's our bread and butter here.
1: Take notice i've I said this last week until I was blue in the face. I said this over the course of the year. The Tigers have the second best bullpen e r a since the all star break with a bullpen of guys you can't even name i'm Correct. not saying not saying you i'm saying no i know i the General i don't Republic. know that
0: I could even name them that's the thing
1: a revolving door of of jared foley uh drew hutchinson who's who's
0: a guy a guy there.
1: um there i there foolish baseball did a video on him it's very good um so i know who he is but uh check that out it's actually really good um okay. but just the island of misfit toys just going in producing uh with Jose Cisnero he's on the DL Joe Jimenez i think he caught covid <laughs> and you're, they're 100% fully vaccinated, so that's a different discussion for a different time, but he got COVID. Um, uh, he was on the DL, and he was playing well. Um, and then Kyle Funkhauser, who's been a revival to his career. Uh, Gregory Soto just got hurt, um, but uh, Michael Fulmer, who's revived his career. These are guys that should not be producing at the level that they're producing, and essentially uh-huh. the same as last year. And they are—they went from one of the worst bullpens in the league to now one of the best in the second half. I, I believe it's just the American League. So the one of the second, the, the best, second best bullpen in the American League since the All Star break, which is something to be said. It is because you just played three of the best teams you're gonna—you've played all year and you've won the majority of those games. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if it's September and the Tigers are out of a playoff but You are not going to watch this team and tell me that this team is not trying or trying to play for something because they are and hinch yeah. is not letting these guys just roll over keel over akil badu had a huge game today victor yep. reyes was four for four today and ended up driving in the uh the the two game winning runs today he was four for four Daz cameron who we were kind of writing off a little bit he was three for three today and we talked about last week about competition uh, Nico Goodrum has been up and down, but he had a couple big hits today. Um, these are guys that are seeing the the roster shape up right now, and they're like, holy cow, we're going to get left behind if we don't if we don't perform at the top of our – I mean, baseball is yeah. a very streak. It, it doesn't exactly work like that. Um, but they're – Victor Reyes is playing like a, a man possessed. He's playing like a guy who wants a roster spot next year. Nico Goodrum sees the writing on the wall. He's seeing, okay, the Tigers are going to sign a shortstop. I want to be a part of this team. Harold Castro just quietly hits all the time.
0: Uh, he does. Every time I see a tweet, I'm like, oh, he, he got a home run again. Hitting <laughs> he Harold. hit another one. How many, how many is that now? Hitting uh, Harold
1: yeah. Castro. Um, uh, Candelario is still producing. He didn't even, he didn't even play yesterday and the Tigers still won. Um, or no, he didn't even play today, and the Tigers still won. Or no, Correct. no, it was the I don't I don't know what it was, but one of these games he didn't play. He's playing well. Still leads the major leagues in doubles. Um, these are guys that are hungry, all of them, from top to bottom.
0: The attitude is in the right spot for sure. I am so excited. When Just, was the last time you were this excited about baseball, about Tigers baseball? <sighs>
1: I mean, it had to have been uh, college. Justin Verlander's, like, last hurrah. I rem- it was my sophomore year. The Tigers went into... So that
0: this- would have been 2016? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The And it was pissed me off because the playoff t-shirts were, like, the clinching t-shirts were blank versus everybody.
0: Ugh, That's a Detroit thing.
1: It's a Detroit thing, so I was like, oh, this, like, I love, like, I love the slogan, but I've never gotten any, like, Detroit versus everybody, like, like apparel, and I yeah. was like, this I have one
0: on gonna... my Yeti. This is my, I have a sticker.
1: It, they have a shop downtown, don't they?
0: Yeah, it's really okay. fun.
1: That's what I thought. Um, I'm going to have to stop in, but I it's was going to It's by
0: get... uh, Eastern Market. It's on the. I think I have passed it. Once what road twice. is that? Ah, uh, fudge. I can't remember what road, but it's we'll there. Worry about You'll later. see it. It's easy. Uh,
1: um, but I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, This is going to be my first Detroit versus everybody, and it's going to be like MLB-sponsored like sponsored, like playoff apparel. Yeah. But then they won the first game, they lost the second game, and then Verlander had to – they had Verlander on the mound against the team who was the worst team in Major League Baseball with the Braves, which coincidentally were playing the best baseball out of anybody, um, and then ended up being the Braves now who are leading their division. Um, uh, Verlander pitched – Seven or eight innings, gave up one run. Tigers lost one to nothing, and that was yeah. their season. I that was hurts. very, I was, I was so excited. I was so excited, and but now looking to next year, I, I, I would have to watch. I obviously watch a lot of Tigers baseball. I don't necessarily watch a whole lot of other baseball. I would have to watch other teams because I, I, I don't think any team is playing with the same drive that the Tigers are playing with right now. I mean, look at the Padres, right? The, the Padres have four more wins than the Tigers right now. They probably have one of the most talented rosters top to bottom. How do they only have four more wins than the Detroit Tigers right now?
0: Detroit hustle's harder. Detroit not hustle. to pull out another. Not to pull out another slogan. Slogan? Whoa. That's the
1: that's the case. You're getting productions out of 31-year-old Willie Peralta. Who the heck is Willie Peralta? I mean, he's pitched really well, but he's 31 years old. He should not be pitching the way that he's pitching. Fetter, Hinch, they're bringing the absolute best out of all these guys. And the Tigers are going to have a real big problem once they sign two premier free agent bats on this offseason because you're not going to be able to cut any of these guys. Nah, maybe not any of these guys. Goodrum's going to be the odd man out. Yeah. Um, But... I don't want to get rid of Victor Reyes Mm -hmm. at all. That guy, that guy, he, he had, he stole third because nobody was covering. Like he had a complete heads up play. Akil Badu hinted at bunting and uh, Chicago's third baseman played up and he wasn't covering the bag. So Reyes just stole third. You already did exactly what you were trying to do with the bunt and you did it on the fake bunt. Yep. Uh, Reyes didn't score because, uh, Reasons it wasn't necessarily his fault, but right. Um, I, I, all I'm saying is that the guys who are at the bottom of the roster are playing exceptional right now, and if they can play exceptional next year when there's a little bit more talent on this team, watch out. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what makes a team like the Rays so special. They have great coaching, great development, and they don't quit at yeah. all. And the Rays have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball.
0: I would love to be like a fly on the wall for one of AJ Hinch's locker room speeches. Yeah, I would just too. to see, just to hear what he's saying to the guys. That's making them buy in this this hard. You know, yeah. I think that I would, would be a really interesting conversation.
1: I would too. I th- I think I I saw it was like a quote from Derek Holland, uh, a, a guy again who shouldn't be. Any good, but he's had a very good second half. Um, apparently one of the thing when he was trying to sign guys and he was in the signing process in the offseason, he was using a bunch of explicits, um, but saying, if you don't want to win a World Series, don't effing sign here. And it's like, okay, that's pretty ballsy to say for the Detroit Tigers who finished last in their division in the past, like, four years. Yeah. Um, but... They're third in their division. They might be in second now, and they are a team that I I would imagine that no team who is struggling to find a playoff spot would want to play right now. Go ask Toronto. They're probably kicking themselves right now that they lost a a series against the Tigers because last time I checked, they were only a half game up above the Yankees in the second wild card. And Toronto is playing the best baseball in major leagues right now, and the Tigers in the midst of that beat them in a series they haven't lost they've they've i think they've won 20 of 21 series the one series loss was against the tigers you think they're kicking themselves if they if they don't if they miss the playoffs you think they're going to kick themselves about the one game they needed to win Mm -hmm. against the tigers to win that series yeah i think so it 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 seems so insignificant but i'm telling you it's 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 playing such a bigger role in the grand scheme of major league baseball that the tigers are playing the way that they're playing right now.
0: Yeah. I would agree. All right, anything else?
1: No, I'm just I guess I can't wait till uh March of next year.
0: Yeah. It's going to be it'll be a interesting season at the it's very gonna least. Be,
1: it's going to be a long off season for me, especially yes. when Verlander signs and comes back.
0: Yes, but hockey starts in a month, so
1: Hockey does start in a month. Does it? When does? When's
0: the? When's opening night? I have no idea. I just saw like twenty some days earlier today. Okay. So, alrighty, that is all from us. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, please hit that subscribe button. Give us five stars wherever you're listening. Um, you can follow us on social media uh, yes. at the CNC Sports Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, we'd love to hear from you and. Um, Get some opinions about the stuff that we've said. Feel free to follow either one of us um, on those socials. And we will see you next week. Deuces. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Pod. We'll see you next week.